To all who come to this happy place, welcome. Disneyland is your land. Hi, I'm Olivia, and I love Disney. I love walking into the park and going through the tunnel and feeling the magic wash over me. You all know what I'm talking about. I love the smells, the sights, the sounds, and the overwhelming nostalgic feeling I get every time I'm there. I guess you could say I'm a proud Disney adult. Every week, I'll chat about ways to make your next Disney vacation the best it can be. I'll talk to Imagineers who have made dreams become reality. And I'll shed light on all of the ways the Disney company has risked it all to get to where they are today. I firmly believe that dreams do come true by working hard, never giving up, and of course, wishing upon a star. So let's sit down on a bench, look to our left at Walt's lamp in the window, and become proud Disney adults. Well, hello, I am Olivia, and I'm your proud Disney adult. Um, I am an adult with a cold. And it's really weird talking out loud because my ears are kind of plugged. It's stuffy. Uh, apparently, I always get sick, even though I feel like I do everything right. I'm sure you guys can relate to that. I'm just downing as much vitamin D as possible. Wishing I was in Disneyland, but who isn't? I guess I don't wish I was in Disneyland right now with how I feel. That would probably be a bummer. But I do feel like when you walk into the park, somehow, some way, you would just feel better because of the magic. Um, welcome to the show. I hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving. Um, to be very honest, I don't love the holidays. I feel like they're kind of this obligatory time to do stuff. Um, I think I'm just kind of a Scrooge when it comes to these things. Um, some of the holiday is fun. I like the coziness, the trees, all of it. Um, but I also love my routine and normalcy. I don't know if anyone can relate to that, um, but there's always just so much going on that it just makes it so hard and I have to relinquish my um, grip on my schedule, which can be very challenging. But with all of that, I still hope you guys had a good Thanksgiving, no matter what you did or where you went or anything like that. And if you were in Disneyland, I don't even want to hear about it. <laughs> Because that would have been way more fun than what I did. Um, wow, we are coming off the back of a crazy week. Um, I was looking up all the Disney news for the show today. And there was just one very glaring thing that had happened in the past week. Um, but you know what? Let's get to the Disneyland news of the week. So before we get into more Bob versus Bob. Um, a couple things that have happened and we're going to make it a little quicker this week. I did forget to mention that on today's show we are talking about how to save money in Disneyland part two. My part one went far longer than I wanted it to. Honestly I'm going to keep extending this and every time I go I'm going to try to come up with ways to help save money because my firm belief is even if you are good to go financially. It's always fun to have more peace of mind and to save a little bit of extra money, maybe for something else. So we will be getting into that very soon. But first, some news. Um, you can now meet the Mandalorian and Grogu in Galaxy's Edge, which I think is very fun. 
Um, I will say I'm not much of a character meet and greeter. Um, I know that might be a little bit uncommon to hear from a Disney podcast. Um, many of the podcasts I listen to, everybody loves to see the characters and take pictures with Mickey and Minnie and all the things. And not that that isn't so cute. And I did do that when I was younger and not that it's only a younger thing to do at all. I love that people love it. That's just not for me. When I like when I go to the park, I like to go on the rides and experience all of the things and try to do as much as possible. In my life where I'm at, you know, I don't have kids. Maybe in the future, if I did, I would take photos with them. Um, but that is just not something I do. But what I will say with that is one of my favorite parts of Galaxy's Edge is seeing the characters because they do feel a little bit different to me than Mickey and Minnie and all the other characters because... And I hope you guys take this the right way. But like, you know, when you see a really big walking stuffed animal and it's so cute and I love it and I never want it to change. It's just not my vibe. It was when I was younger. Eeyore was my favorite. I loved the character breakfast. I would go to them again. I'm not like anti them. Um, but I think it is very different seeing the characters in Galaxy's Edge because they seem so realistic. Like you see the stormtroopers or Chewie. You like get to see Chewie in real life. Like you never really thought you'd be able to. And what's really cool about the Mandalorian is he has Grogu who moves and it just looks very realistic. Um, and especially in the setting of Galaxy's Edge, it just seems so like, whoa, what's happening? And it's kind of reminiscent. I don't know if they do this anymore because it's been so long since I went to Disney World. But if any of you have been to the animal kingdom they would have people walking around dressed like trees um on stilts and it would just be like whoa what is happening because it felt so immersive and I think yeah that's what it is for me it just feels very immersive kind of like the same in Avengers Campus over in DCA like face characters are kind of interesting because you're like this is so meta it's an actor playing an actor playing a character I'm gonna have to stop one million times to cough luckily I'm cutting those out um but it is a very funny role but it does feel a little bit more immersive seeing Spider-Man etc so anyway with all of that this is why this takes so long I go on all these tangents um you can meet Mandalorian very fun whether you like Star Wars or not I really do think it's cool um we just got our first look at the new art for the Adventureland treehouse again I'm pretty neutral about it I know that there's a new um, Swiss Family Robinson show I am still gonna stick to the fact that I think that they need to keep moving forward I think that's what Walt would want I think in, in Encanto treehouse that's the only spot it would make sense in Disneyland obviously they have more real estate in Disney World um, but that was just a really good opportunity to do that. And um, I get it. It's the Adventureland Treehouse and Adventureland. It, it's not that it doesn't fit and it's not that it's not going to be perfect because Disney will make it perfect. I'm just a little bit on the fence about that because I think they could have done Encanto. Um, they are celebrating 100 years of the Disney company. I was a little bit confused. I'm like, 100 years of what? Like, Disneyland hasn't been around for 100 years. Um, so if you're confused too, it's 100 years of the Disney company being founded by Roy and Walt. So it's basically the 100 years of magic. Um, so that will be starting on January 27th in 2023. So honestly, in a couple months, it's crazy. That's already going to be in a couple months. Um, they will have a new celebration of Disney animation in a new nighttime spectacular. So I'm sure that's going to be amazing. Um, new World of Color 1. Um, so that's probably going to be very cool. Uh, Runaway Railway is going to be opening. 
obviously Toontown is going to be opening. Um, you know, there's going to be so much merch. <laughs> um, and don't worry, guys, you can get your popcorn bucket too. your your 100 years of magic popcorn bucket. I'm not going to go into that, but come on. <laughs> if you love it, I love that for you. But um, and what else? Okay, so Black Panther Wakanda Forever. I still haven't seen it. I want to do it. I want to do um, a deep dive into that. But they have that showcased in Avengers Campus. So if you liked the movie, go on over there. Um, there are new Avatar spirit jerseys in Disneyland. I'm not really sure why because we have nothing Avatar in Disneyland. Of course, I know it's because of the movie coming out. I absolutely hate that first movie. I just have to be honest about that. But that does not mean I'm not going to see the second one because the animation of that looked absolutely incredible and unlike anything I've ever seen before. Um, so I think it's probably, regardless of a storyline, going to be a very, very cool movie. So uh, the spirit jerseys, they look fine to me. Um, I am not a huge fan of a lot of the merch. I think I have spoken on this before. It's not that I don't like some of it. I just think a lot of it can look a little bit um, like something I wouldn't wear outside of Disneyland, if that makes sense. Like there are some things that I see in the world of Disney and I'm like, wow, those are really cool. But to be honest, a lot of my favorite merch is from Etsy, like people that make stuff and a little hint and you know, very, very early in the works, but hoping I can make some merch one day um, and I have some ideas. So I think that's very cool. But if you are a fan of Avatar, there are some spirit jerseys coming for you. Last thing in my Disney news, of course, Bob Iger. He's in full swing. We're going to go through these very quickly. Um, he pretty much the next day got on board and started firing people. He fired Kareem Daniel. Um, he's the chairman of Disney Media and Entertainment. Um, and he fired Arthur Bachner, who was the vice president of strategic communications. And he wrote the speeches for Bob Chapek totally makes sense why he would fire him um, or sorry let go um, and then for uh, Kareem Daniel I mean is basically all that Bob Iger has said since he came back into office it sounds like he's the president the president of Mickey Mouse um, is that he was going to be mainly focusing on streaming and media and so I think it makes a lot of sense that he kind of wants to start fresh um, with that, he did release a statement. Everybody has probably been hearing that they think Apple is going to buy Disney. He said that's full speculation. Honestly, I don't believe it either way. It's kind of like we just don't know what's going to happen until it's released. I would be really surprised if Apple bought Disney because I feel like Disney is definitely in the business of acquiring other entities and not reverse. But obviously, Apple is much bigger than Disney. So I wouldn't be surprised either way. I just think you can't really know this stuff until obviously it comes from the horse's mouth. Um, he did make some comments about um, park reservations. He said he's not going to touch that until he tries it himself. So we'll see what happens with that. And then he also made a comment that he does think the prices are too high. Um, I did post a reel earlier this week kind of making a little bit jokes saying it would be cool if the prices went down. People were like, don't get your hopes up, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I don't know. I kind of think that maybe even if he doesn't lower the prices, maybe we're going to be able to get more bang for our buck. Like maybe it'll be cheaper to go for multiple days. Maybe the parking will be cheaper. Maybe just something. Um, and he has also made other comments talking about 
how he is keeping the freeze, the hiring freeze in place because of um, like cost, which makes a lot of sense. And he's focusing on making streaming profitable. And then the big thing he said was that he wants to return the focus to creativity and he is going to be working more one-on-one with Josh DiAmaro. The other kind of rumors is that he's going to raise Josh to be (laughs) the next CEO um, dad of Disney. But, you know, we'll see. Who knows what happens? But I think it'll be an exciting um, next, especially few months now that we have the 100 years coming up and he's making so many changes. So we will see what happens. But wow, so much happening in Disney. Okay, so because my voice will only last so long, we are going to go into part two of ways that you can save money. Um, you can go back and listen to my first episode. I go over a lot of tips when it comes to packing a lunch and getting an Uber and all of the things that I felt um, really helped save money. So one thing I want to talk about today is um, this idea of being really realistic with yourself when it comes to your Disneyland vacation. I kind of touched on this a little bit before, but one really big thing I think is going onto the Disneyland app so you can download that at any time and going on and seeing the prices of every item and then writing those prices down in your notes and being realistic of what you're wanting. So, and I'm talking about snacks, food, uh, maybe even going out to dinner. And again, being very realistic, I think it's really easy to be like, no, I'm not going to need that when I go to Disneyland. And then you smell a churro and you buy five of them and you're like, wait, but these were like $6 each. And now I spent, you know, whatever, uh, $30. I had to do the math in my head. Um, So I think things can just add up really quickly. And so one thing that I would do when I was factoring in the cost of an actual Disneyland vacation wasn't just sitting down with, you know, my boyfriend who I typically go with. It wasn't like, hey, this is the price for tickets hey, this is the price for an Airbnb slash a hotel. I would go in and I would look at the price of everything. I would look at the food costs. So like, let's say we wanted to eat at the Lamplight Lounge, which is what we did. I would look at the food, the average cost. I'm not saying you need to decide on what you're going to eat, but you probably have some sort of idea. You add in an appetizer. You say, we're probably going to get dessert, especially if you're trying to save money throughout the day. You want to have a nice dinner. Um, I would just go in and I would go into your notes on your phone or maybe you want to make an Excel spreadsheet or I'm sure there's some sort of Disney budgeting app out there. Um, And I would just write it down. I would say Dole Whip, you know, $5, Ronto Wrap, this price, blah, blah, blah. And then maybe add it up and go, okay, that's actually too much. And then narrow it down. And then what you can do is you could even, you could make a separate account, you know, with your bank. Maybe you could actually take cash out Maybe you could add money onto a gift card so it's all easily accessible. You can add it to your wallet on your phone. However you want to do it, set that money aside. So it kind of feels like out out of sight, out of mind. It's kind of like what they do in Disney World, which I'm hoping they bring back, which is the dining plan. You're able to pay for that before you even go on your trip, which is extremely helpful because you don't want to be thinking about like paying and tipping and all this stuff. And so when you get the dining plan, you literally just swipe your card. It takes off the points and it already, I think the only thing you have to do is leave it tip. Um, But, you know, they don't even have that anymore since COVID. So we'll see what happens with that. But I do feel like you can kind of do that in your own head is like knowing, hey, I'm probably going to spend $200, $300 on food, obviously, depending on your family size, and then narrow it down. And then that way you can go back to my tips from episode one of packing a lunch and doing what you need to do to keep that cost low. Because in my opinion, like going to Disneyland is so worth it that 
if the cost of food and other random stuff is going to prevent you from going, I say pack a lunch, eat breakfast at your hotel and like make it to where you at least can go. And I'm not saying be miserable and be like, oh, I'm smelling that pretzel and I can't go get one. I'm not saying like depriving yourself, but also just being realistic and eating enough food and enough protein to where you're not hungry for every single thing that you see. Um, So that's a really big tip. My next tip is, this is one that I feel like is really big, especially if you have kids. Um, And this is kind of a two-parter. So this one would be for if you have kids, Um, which I don't have kids. And so I just have to make that known. But I feel like this goes for even adults probably. So I've kind of made it known I'm not big of a merch person. For how much I love Disney, you would be surprised I'm looking around my room right now. Like, I don't really have any Disney things. I do buy a mug every time I go. It's something that I kind of signifies the trip. But I mostly take photos and do things. I don't love a lot of the merch. The only way I would probably decorate my house is if I could get actual items from real rides, like vintage Disney items. I know there's this store, guys, in Florida, and they have vintage Disney items. I saw this girl on a live on TikTok. I don't even really know what was happening, but it looked like a flea market of items that were in the park, like in Disney World. So there was like a trash can and then there would be a photo of where the trash can was. And then it would say trash can from, let's say, Main Street and Magic Kingdom. And then there would be a price next to it. There was everything. There was a carousel horse. It was bizarre. And I'm like, let me go there? Like, what is happening? Um, But with that, the only way I probably would decorate is if it was something like that. That's what John Stamos does. I mean, if you guys don't know that, he has one of the original... Uh, one of the original tiki birds. Um, he has part of the original Disneyland sign. I believe he has something from the Haunted Mansion. So it's very cool. Um, so anyway, with all of that, I feel like this is a new podcast. So I'm kind of just like letting you guys know who I am a little bit. Um, I'm not in. I'm not super big into merch. We do buy something every time we go, but um, we do buy a pin. So that's one thing is we buy a pin every time we go. And then I come home and I have these little bags and I date them. And then I write a couple things about the trip and I put um, our tickets in there and then I put a pin and then maybe I'll take something like we had a coaster from the Lamplight Lounge. I'll put that in there and then maybe I'll, you know, have a Polaroid and I'll put that. So that for me is my way of doing merch. But if you know yourself and you're like, oh, I really love the merch and then I go to World of Disney and the spirit jerseys are $90. Why? This is so hard. This costs so much money. My big tip, especially for you with kiddos, is go in telling them that they can have one thing. And if they're old enough, obviously, even giving them the money or, you know, you holding the money and setting it aside and saying like, this is the amount, let's say it's $30 that you can have and you can spend this on whatever you want. You can get this, you can get a snack, you can get um, a bubble wand, you can get a balloon, Um, which by the way, walking behind kids with bubbles, (laughs) bubbles taste great. I'm I'm joking around. I love that they're having a good time. I just think it's very funny. You're like trying to spit it out of your mouth. Um, but I think that's a really good tip is just being like, hey, this is what you get. So then not only they are they excited to know that they can pick out what they want if it adds up to the price that you gave to them, but they know they're going to get something. And once they spend it all, you can just be like, okay, yeah, like this is what you have. 
I'm not going to speak anymore on that because I don't have kids. So I don't want anyone listening with kids to be like, you know, nothing because you're probably right. Um, So speaking to adults, I think you can kind of do the same thing is you can go into it going, I'm going to buy one thing for me. That's a mug. And, you know, maybe there is something else that you've had your eye on every time you've gone or you saw somebody online wearing it and you can say, I'm buying that. I'm just getting that. But my biggest tip is every time I've seen something, I have been able to find it online afterward for so much cheaper. Like you don't have to get it in the Disney bubble. And I know it is way more fun to go into the world of Disney and buy stuff, but like you can go on eBay or Poshmark or any of these apps and you can get a brand new mug. You can get those black Disneyland spirit jerseys for $50 instead of $90, you know, or my favorite thing is going on eBay and typing in like vintage Disneyland sweatshirts and you can get cool vintage sweatshirts or hats from like the 90s or whatever it is. And it's so fun and it's way more unique. So I would say, yes, if this is your once in a year vacation absolutely go wild, buy what you want. But I also think have that, you know, perspective in your head of like, where am I going to put this? Am I really going to wear this? How many times am I going to wear it? And if you're like, oh, I'm going to put this here and I'm going to wear this all the time and I absolutely love this, I say buy it. But if you're able to go to Disneyland, you know, more often than not, I would find stuff, say, take a photo of it and be like, okay, I'm going to go buy this outside of the bubble or I'm going to kind of try to find something like it. Because my other tip is looking on my favorite places are H&M or Zara. They have um, a collaboration with Disney. I'm literally wearing mine right now. It's this super comfy crew neck. In fact, last time we went to Disneyland, I went out of my way to go find this specific sweatshirt with Mickey on it. It was, I think, $16. I wear it all the time. It's a very like cozy sweater. You can't buy it in the park. And it's it's a little bit more tailored and more fit to be a little bit more, in my opinion, trendy. And that's the same with Zara. They have a lot of stuff. And I'm not even saying like on Zara, you're going to be able to get it for so much cheaper. But I do think it is far more unique. Other designers do collaborations with Disney all the time. So they have really, really cool options. And again, going on eBay and typing in like vintage mug, you know, I was able to have an Imagineer on my last podcast and I got him like a 1990s vintage Peter Pan mug brand new in the box for like $20, um, which I think is so much more impactful because it is very unique. Um, You're not going to be able to get it in the parks and it's a little bit more fun to just like go on eBay and like see what's out there. Like you can literally find sweatshirts from Epcot from the 70s and yeah, they might not be in amazing condition, but I feel like it's really fun. As opposed to going to World of Disney, when you're already in the Disney bubble, you're already spending a bunch of money and you're like, oh my gosh, my kid wants this backpack that's $60 or I really want this spirit jersey that's $90. Like that is so much money. And again, I'm not judging at all if you've done that or if you wear it or if you like it. I've spent $90 on other things, um, but I do think when it comes to merch, things seem like a good idea at the time. And then afterward, you actually realized how many things you have bought and you're like, I really didn't need to spend that money. And it can get really overwhelming because then the next time you think about going to Disneyland, you're just thinking of all of that stuff that you just purchased um, that maybe you really didn't need to. Um, Another tip is for mouse ears if you really like mouse ears 
Of course, you can get some in the park, but there are some amazing sellers on Etsy. So unique. I've literally seen some. I don't wear them because they really hurt my head, um, but there are some amazing, super unique sellers um, on Etsy that sell mouse ears that are pretty much one of a kind obviously homemade and I think that's just super fun and then that way you can maybe get those before your trip you can be really excited you have them they're super unique um, and they're going to be cheaper like they just are um and another thing that I think you can do to save money if you have kids is getting them a lot of those toys before you even get into the park. So you can go find maybe a, a bubble wand or you can find other Disney toys that are still Disney, but they're able to bring them into the park if they want to or get them, you know, a Disney backpack that's going to be about a third of the price. So maybe surprising them with that, like right before your trip, getting them excited, get them a small backpack and put a couple things in there. That way they have that when they get there. If they ask for it, you go, well, we already have that. And you know in your head that you spent way less money on those things. Um, and I know that that is something that has helped me. It's kind of getting stuff beforehand and then keeping it. Like if you get a really cool Mickey sweatshirt from Zara, you have that you feel like it's cool. You feel like it's trendy. You can wear it more often than not. Um, and then you can take it into the park and you can continue to do that as opposed to maybe something like, you know, like the spirit of water jerseys or is that what it's called? Is that the name of the next Avatar movie? New Avatar. Yeah. I just think like, is there anything wrong inherently with getting an Avatar spirit jersey? No, of course not. But like, how often are you really going to wear that other than if you go to the park all the time? Which again, if you do, or maybe you're like, Olivia, I literally wear Disney merch every day. More power to you then. And I think that's so fun. But I think just knowing yourself and being like, hey, are these things that are really realistic for my life? Um, and maybe could I get these cheaper outside of the bubble? Um, that has really helped me. Um, one of my last tips, which kind of seems probably like a duh, Olivia, is getting as many hours as you can, especially if you're going for one to two days. I've really noticed that, yes, it's very, very exhausting. I think we all know this, like especially if you are adults without kids, like you are walking so far and it's exhausting. Um, but getting the most bang for your buck. Like you are paying this much money to go on a Disneyland vacation. Get up early and stay there late. Like do Disneyland like it is something to be accomplished. That's what me and my friend we joke about when we meet him down there is like we're we are accomplishing Disneyland today and we are going to do it. It's like we compete with ourselves to make it happen. And I'm not saying don't enjoy the park. Sit down, relax. Like when we would have lunch, go sit by the castle like you know obviously do what you want to do that's going to give you the most value but I think it can be really easy to just kind of saunter into the park maybe you leave your hotel you're like oh nine o'clock's good then by the time you're parking and then you're getting on the tram and then you're getting in line for your first ride it's 10 30 11 you know so I think it's really it's really easy to get really behind on time so my biggest advice is getting up as early as you can. Try to rope drop. If you're staying off property, I will say I've never successfully rope dropped because I am staying off property most of the time. Um, but try to get there as close to park opening as you can. Get on your rides. Get acclimated with Genie Plus, hoping that we do not have to do Genie Plus for forever. Am I right? Um 
And yeah, just really get into the mode of like, this is fun. This is exciting. We're going to do Disney. I mean, when we would go, we would stay from 8 a.m. usually to midnight, which means, you know, getting up around 6, 6.30, which is very early. But especially if you're going for a day, I think that's really helpful. And my other tip with that, which will come later when I talk about multiple day trip, is having a rest day in between. Even if you're staying off property, um, you really got to do that. This is more a tip if you're going for one day and you really want to make the most out of it. And with making the most out of it, it's making a schedule saying, these are the non-negotiables. These are the rides I want to go on. This is the parade I want to see. This is the show I want to see. And trying to do the park in that way. Because I know when we went, I knew we were going to go to Lamplight Lounge at a certain time. So I knew we would do DCA at the second part of the day. And I knew that we wanted to see World of Color. And it just so happened that just everything kind of worked because we were on the certain sides of the park around the times that we wanted to do things. And I think that is important is mapping out those times as well. So then you're not just like bouncing back and forth because you are just wasting time by walking back and forth between both parks. If you know that you want to go to Rise of the Resistance, first thing I would go to Rise, I would experience all of Galaxy's Edge, and then I would kind of do the park systematically so that you are able to to not bounce around as much, save your energy, but still get everything done. And I know that seems like, oh, that's not a way to save money, but I really do think it's a way to um, just get the most out of your day and feel like when you left, you're like, wow, we actually did so much. We didn't miss anything because we actually planned it out. And don't think that planning it out has to be um, not fun. Like it's super fun. I love planning the Disney trip before we go. It kind of feels like it's part of the vacation. You're getting so excited. You're getting ready for the magic. And, you know, I think it is very helpful. Um, my last tip for you is with Genie Plus, um, if you haven't been yet, I'm going to do a whole episode on Genie Plus, but some of the bigger rides you do have an extra cost for and they do go up during the holidays and during busy seasons. Um, actually, let's see how much it is. Um, okay, so it looks like right now with Rise of the Resistance, it is $25 for one ride. Um which is insane. And um, then the next, it looks like when we were there last time, we couldn't even get a lightning lanes for um, uh, Galaxy's Edge. There wasn't even one available. And I know that's an extra cost as well. And then, so that's an extra cost. And then also, um, uh, it looks like Radiator Springs Racers is $15 and um guardians and guardians of the galaxy oh is not an extra cost wow okay well that's really exciting so you're still gonna have to pay a little bit more um i would say with (laughs) with the cost of rise of the resistance you really have to factor in if it's worth it that's why my biggest tip usually is if you're gonna rope drop or at least get there early you're gonna want to go stand in line for rise i know we did that last time we got there a little bit after the park opened and we waited in line for about 40 minutes it really wasn't bad um and we actually didn't write it again um, because $25 I mean if you have four people in your family you think about that that's already a hundred extra dollars so with those prices being a lot I would say to before you go kind of making a decision of what you are going to do before you get to the park because like I mentioned in our first one um, 
it is really easy to double click the side of your phone and buy anything really to buy food to buy genie plus um, they make it honestly far too easy and i think that's where things can get really out of hand so making those decisions before i think is very important um, so i know for us you know saying we're gonna spend extra on one or maybe the deal is is that you spend extra on genie plus and that's it because it looks like right now rise of the resistance and radiator springs you do have to pay extra which i will say with radiator springs racers you know it was at a 240 minute wait which to me i don't think any ride is worth that no matter how fun it is which radiator springs racers is the funnest but one that ride breaks down more than any other ride it broke down twice when we were in line we did a single rider it broke down in line and when we were on it um and my friend got to walk through the ride with the lights on and i'm very upset that that wasn't me um but you're also going to miss out on really valuable time in the park um so i will say if you are going to pick one ride just really think about what's important to you and what your priority is um and if you go into the park going we're not going to spend anything extra then that is the decision that you made and try to stick to that because that is really what will help you save money and get you excited for the next time that you're going to be able to go to disneyland um so all of these tips are just coming from the perspective of somebody who really tries to save money, is trying to go to the park as much as possible, um, but also can't just go whenever I want because it is very expensive. So I hope that's very relatable. I know a lot of podcasts out there, um, they are going to the parks, you know, once a month, if not more, and that can be really hard to hear. So I'm here, I'm on your team, and every time I go, I'm going to try to find ways to save money and give you more peace of mind. So thank you so much for listening to today's show. Um, comment below uh, subscribe rate and review review the show and tell me about how these tips helped you you can also follow me at the proud disney adult podcast on instagram and the proud disney adult on tiktok comment let me know what has worked for you so i can try them next time or if any of these tips helped seriously let me know uh, rating and reviewing the show will really help get the word out about this new podcast and i'm very excited that you are here and listening Never forget to add a little magic to your life and be proud you're a Disney adult. So I will see you next Tuesday.